0: Good evening, folks. It's a privilege to be here. I appreciate the presence of the Lord, His goodness and grace these days, and how I've enjoyed the privilege to be with you, Pastor, and your wife and this church and all the folks that's visited. I want to thank you for inviting me. It's been a privilege to be here. And I want to thank you and your wife and especially her cooking tell you, when you do your own cooking, like I do, you just really, I've been trying to get them to adopt me. <laughs> and uh, they said they can't fin- find a bed that will fit me. <laughs> okay, God is surely, surely good. I want to say to the church, you surely did right by preparing for the meeting. For some five weeks, they had these cottage prayer meetings. That's the way we used to do it in the old days. And God has blessed them greatly. And I believe there's good things in store for you. And I want to encourage you in the Lord to keep pressing on toward the Lord. I believe in our homes, not only for this people, but for all of us. We need to establish the fact that we're going to intercede before the Lord for revival in these days. The churches is never need revival anymore than they need it now in my whole lifetime. And we need revival. But it will not come just because we mention the word. Revival will come down. The power of God will come down when we Go before the Lord and wait before him. And if it's not moving as we feel like it should, we ought to consider to fast and pray that God would rain his blessings down upon us. Our nation is in trouble like we've never seen in any of our lifetimes. I don't think we've ever been in as much trouble as we're in. Until you know, at the end of World War II, we God delivered us. But we were together then, and we are far apart in these days. So thank you. I want to preach tonight from the Book of Ephesians in chapter five. I started last evening, and I preached last night on "Be not drunk with wine," was my text verse, wherein is excess. And this is a command, but be filled with the Spirit. Now I'm going to go back up and I'm going to read verse 15 and come down through here again. Seeing then that you walk circumspectly. And I put it out, that means we're to walk careful. We're to walk sincere. We're to walk sober. Not as fools, but as wise. He's talking to believers. And we as believers do not need to be foolish about the things of God. These words are highly important. They are God's word. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Buying up the time. Using the time. Let's don't waste our time You know, just on things that may not always be bad, but it's just a waste of time when we don't have our mind upon the Lord and we're not looking for God to work through us. And that word evil carries with it the matter of pornography. We're living in a day of pornography, wickedness. And he said we need about the time as believers in this day Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but, stay, but understand in what this is. Now, watch it. Understand what the will of the Lord is. So, number one, it's the will of the Lord, and it's the command of God to be filled with the Spirit. Speaking yourselves in hymns and psalms that we've heard that tonight, and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. If you'll notice what he's saying, we're to have love, joy, peace, and we are to sing praises and give thanks unto his name. Because he said in verse 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. As Christians we need to submit ourselves one to another in the fear of God. Amen. There's a lot in our day a lack of godly fear. We we really need to fear God and when his word is spoken we need to humble ourselves before the Lord. So I'm coming now to what I want to entitle the message that I'm going to preach tonight. I feel assured that God wants me to preach on the spirit-filled home, the spirit-directed home. God began in the book of Genesis to give man a home. That's the first institution. And as God's work has gone down through the ages, it has been as a result of godly homes. And when the church fails and the nation fails, it's because of the lack of godly homes. And we must return back to our roots, and the roots are in the family. The family that knows God and the family that fears God. And how I know I know Him. And I fear God. But I love God. But I want to tell you before I ever knew anything about God, God loved me. He loves you. If you know, really I don't think we can understand how much God does love us. I have, we have four boys. And I love them. I would give my life for them. I have uh, nine grandchildren. I would give my life for them. I love them that much. But I cannot even compare with how much God loves me. And you cannot compare how much God loves you. God is love. But I want to tell you something. God hates sin. God hates sin and we ought to hate sin. Oh, I think about those that we love. I'm going to try to, I don't think I'm going to read this text all the way down, but I'm going to try to preach it all. Okay? That'll save you a little time. So uh, don't get too comfortable and don't try to get a nap. All right, we're in verse 22. Instruction for marriage. The spirit feel home. Now, these instructions that are given is for believers. It would be good if anyone tried to fulfill these, but only true believers can fulfill this fully. Because they're born to the Spirit of God, they know the Lord, they're indwelt with the Spirit, but they're also filled with the Spirit. And that's the power to get the things done. It's not in your strength, it's not in my life, but according to the Word of God, it's by thy Spirit, saith the Lord. We are in the church age, which is the Spirit age. Not just any spirit, but it is the Spirit of God. We need the Holy Spirit in our churches. A lot of them, you know, a lot of churches can have service on Sunday and go home on Sunday afternoon and never even think about listening to the Holy Spirit. That's sad. But I want to give you something tonight. The Spirit will home. And some of the things I'll say, they may appear to be, you know, they may appear to be hard. But I'll try my best not to be harsh. Uh I heard a preacher friend of mine say that and I think that fits the day. Don't you? So I'm going to talk I'm going to talk to you ladies some. And I'm going to talk to you men some. But I'm going to do it according to the word of God. So if you get bothered by it, you just take it up with the Lord. I'm kind of like the mailman, I'm just going to put it in the box. Okay, and if I do that and you take it, we'll all go home a lot better. So ladies, I'm going to begin with you. The mother, the lady in the home, she's the keeper of the home. I told my boys, now boys, mama is the queen of the home. And so don't you get out of line with mama. If you get out of line with mama, you're going to have to deal with me. And they love their mama. And she loved them, but, well, we got to get to preaching, don't we? Watch this. Watch verse 20, uh, 21. Well, I'll get to it in a minute. 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband. Wives, if you've got a husband, you are to submit yourself to him. Your own husband. And you can't be a wife if you don't have a husband. So you're to submit to him. Well, I don't know about that preacher. Well, just wait till we'll get through with the whole deal. So, the Bible said, how are you to do it, ladies? As unto the Lord. Your first step as a Christian, as a lady is to submit yourselves unto the Lord. I believe any woman that will submit herself to the Lord will be willing to submit herself to a godly husband that lives for the Lord. If she's godly, if she'll do this unto the Lord, that home will be blessed. And I charge you according to the Bible that that's the way it's supposed to work. Now we're going to address the man. I want you to notice, she's to be in subjection to her own husband. Verse 23 said, for the husband, the man, is what? He's the head of the wife. Somebody said, I know my dad is the head of the home, but he roars over it like a lion. That's not good in most cases. Now watch it. Well, the husband is the head of the wife. And this is a beautiful thing because the home is a picture of Christ Jesus and His church. We should never resent anything that's in this Bible because it's all for our good and His glory. So, but the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Now, I was looking at this, and I feel like God spoke to me out of this. If you'll notice, there is the right relationship between the husband and the wife. He's the Savior of the body, the Bible said. So since he's the savior of the body, the husband and the wife is to be an example as of Christ and his church. And when you see a man that's filled with the Spirit, you see a lady that's filled with the Spirit, and they're striving to obey the Bible and walk with the Bible, that's a beautiful picture of Jesus Christ and his church. I rejoice in that. And this will bring revival if we really practice it. You want revival? Let's line up with the Scriptures. Line up with the Bible. Believe the Bible and go to the Lord and obey the Bible and ask Him for revival. And I believe God will send it. So, the husband and wife is an example. The husband is responsible for his wife. Christ is responsible for his church. The Holy Ghost is the administrator of the church. God planned the church. Jesus bought the church and the Holy Ghost is the administrator of the church. And the home is to be example of Christ and his church. And if we'll get to that, see the husband is responsible for his wife, for his family. He is the provider. He's the one that's supposed to fill his lunch back get every morning and hit the road and go get the bacon. Now, she is to cut the bacon good and have it ready when he gets back home. I'm telling you, folks, this is the closest thing to heaven that'll ever be. Are you listening to me? Are you getting it? A godly home and a man taking his place, a wife taking her place, and they loving the children and the children coming along. Isn't that a beautiful picture of Christ in his church? Oh, my. He not only provides, but he protects her. And the Lord's protecting his church. Washington don't think so, but we know so. A lot of people don't believe so, but we know so. The Lord is protecting his church, and he will protect his church. The devil's not going to get the best in the end. He's getting the worst. I rejoice at that soul. All right. So he's the head of the home. He leads the home. Brethren, if you're not a leader in your home, you ought to get right with God about it. When you ought to lead your home the right way and you ought to be a man and not a mouse I mean we ought to be men but we ought to be humble men we ought to be men filled with the love of Christ we ought to be men filled with the word of God we ought to be men that wants our family our home our wife and our children to honor the Lord Jesus Christ That is God's will. That is God's plan. That is God's purpose. But all of us have made our mistakes. And I want to say to you tonight, I believe right here is where God wants me to say this. If you feel like you have messed up and you've done just a lousy job As being a man that's led your home, you know you ought to find your altar. There is opportunity for a second chance. You may not get get it all back, but you can get right in God's honor. I admonish you in the Lord: do that. He's the leader in the home. He's the one that. He's the one that looks after his wife. Look in verse 24. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, let the wife be to their husband, own husband, and everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. What about that? I never did feel like I could love my wife as much as Christ loved the church. But I strive to do so. Men, you are charged before God. Men, you are commanded before God to love your wife. Well, sometimes I don't feel like it. Do it anyway. You have the purpose to do it. Amen. You operate to do it. It's a command of God. Just like it's commanded to be filled with the Spirit, you know why What you to be filled with the Spirit? So you can love your wife as Christ loved the church. Amen. If we could get the strain across this nation, our homes have fallen apart. Children are strode from here to yonder. In some of the Christian homes, I mean, they are Christians in name, and I believe many of them know the Lord, but we haven't not taught the Scriptures. You live the Scriptures out of your life and out of your home, and you're going to be in trouble. You're going to be in great trouble. Preacher, this seems to me like it's rather boring. It won't be if you get a hold of it. Amen. It will not be boring. It's true. I believe that a love for a man's wife is to be unconditional. You listening to me, man? Are you listening to me? Your love for that woman that you took and you made devour, you are to love her unconditionally. Christ loves you unconditionally. Are you going to be an example? Am I going to be an example? Was I example when I had my wife before she went to heaven two and a half years ago? There's one thing between us. It might might not have always been perfect, but I want to tell you something. We had unconditional love one for the other. She loved me and I loved her. And um, we didn't have a perfect marriage, but we sure had a good one. We had a good one. The closest we ever come to separating was one day we went to church and she is a young pastor's wife and she said something to someone as a lady and she probably sh- maybe should have said it but you know how it is the preacher's wife he just has to take the bumps and so whatever she said she told me what it was I can't even remember what it was didn't amount to much I don't guess but I said Sue you know you might not ought to have said that And, you know, she was kind of quick on the trigger every once in a while. And she said to me, she said to me, Well, Ray, I guess if you don't like it, I can just leave. I tell you what, if you're going to leave, I'm going with you. (laughs) That's the closest we ever got to really having a fight. We didn't have them fights. I said, if you... You know, if you're going to leave, I'm going to go with you. I'm like old brother uh, Hughes, Earl Hughes, over there in the mountains. Brother Earl, uh, his wife was going to leave him one day, and and so he went in there, and she went in there and packed her suitcase, and he went in there and packed his suitcase. And she went out there and got in the car, and he had his suitcase, and he got in the car and sat down on the. She was going to drive away, and she said, what are you doing? And Brother Earl said, if you're leaving, I'm going with you. And, that was, and they just went back in the house, and he was a great man. He, I'll tell you, he was something. Are we all right? The husband and wife are to love one another as Christ loved the church. We're to love our wife. I believe this is in order, Pastor. When my wife got ill and I stepped down to the church that I pastored them 33 years there at Calvary. And uh, I went up into New Jersey and preached a week, and I went over to Maryland and I preached a week, and I had somebody that was there with her. She wasn't completely down, but I just didn't want to leave her alone. She thought she'd be able to travel somewhere with me. And I came back. And from there, I called her three times every day. I thought she was doing pretty good. until I got back home. And when I got back home, and I tell this, so if you've heard it before, it'll be all right. You can use it probably again. When I got back home, she said, Ray, I need to talk to you. I said, okay, what you got on your mind? She said, why don't you just put me somewhere that I can be looked after? And you've got all these places to preach, and you can go preach anywhere. I didn't have to pray over that much. I immediately said to her, and I looked her right in her blue eyes, and I said, I don't know what we're going to do, but we're not going to do that. I think I've told you all about that. I may have told it since I've been here. I think it's pretty good. So I had a, I had a, west of Atlanta, I had a meeting at Hog Mountain Baptist Church with Bernie Williams. Sue laughed about that. Uh, that is kind of the combination, isn't it? And I went over west of Atlanta, and I spent a week, and he is busy, and I took Vance Heffner's book with me, although I walked through the valley. And there's some of you that's walked through the valley, some of you ladies, some of you men. Uh, his wife had cushions of disease, and I took my Bible, and I prayed a week, and God told me to go home and look after my wife, and I could preach out as far as I could drive and get back at night, and I never, never left her at night. I think the total time was about 17 years. I was as much in the will of God doing that as I am pulling this pulpit. And all the years that I pastored and preached, and uh, I'm telling you, God blessed it. I went home and I told her, Christ would never forsake his bride, and you're my bride, and I'll never forsake you. And men, that's the way it ought to be. The women ought to submit their to their own husband, but you ought to love her unconditionally. I charge you according to the Bible. I believe this is revival preaching. I believe this would bring revival across America. In the... If the churches in America would get right with God about this family business, we would see a change in this nation. Our nation is crumbling from within. And we may have already stopped over, stepped over the red line, I don't know. But I know one thing, if there's any hope, For the country that you and I live in and our children and our grandchildren live in, it has to be in none other than God in his word and in godly homes. And I charge myself and I charge you, let's get back to the Bible. Let's turn back to God. Let's get back to the Bible. Husband, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Are you willing to die for your wife? We ought to be. Christ died for us, the church. Men ought to be willing to die for his wife. Well, I love my wife. She's the best thing that ever happens to me unless it was when God saved me from hell. I don't suppose she's perfect, but she was so perfect to me, that I didn't see the mistakes. You want me to finish that most of the time. All right. You still there? I'm talking about, look in verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. You know what I believe, men? I believe, you know, the pastor's doing something. It impressed me. And uh, Sister Susie, they read a Bible together, They pray together. He said, we take at least an hour a day. I wish I'd done more of that with my wife. We prayed. We had devotions. We prayed when we eat. Uh, We had our devotions with our children. But I tell you what, we need to spend more time with our children. I wish I'd have spent more time with my boys. Really just having me a session with them four boys. If I had my time to go over, that's what I would do. So I made some mistakes there, but if you're young, or you still got children at home, uh, you can go back and you can do some things that some of the rest of us should have done. And you get them established in this book, and they'll have good homes. Is that right? We're sanctified. How are we sanctified? And cleanse with the washing of the water by the Word. We got to come back and not only read the Word, not even just think on the Word, but we must obey the Word. Jesus is the Word. And the Word is Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. That's Jesus. I won't go there because I got more to preach. Here. All right, watch this. Now watch this. That he might present it to himself, talking about Christ, a glorious church. I believe we can have a glorious home. A glorious church, not having spot, nor wrinkle, or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Thank you for singing that song. All of the music. Brother, your music. And that song on holy, holy, holy. When you be holy people, we have a holy God. All of us fail. All of us, somewhere along we sin. Because the difference in the sinner, young people, if you're not saved and the saint, is this. The saint of God, the Christian, is saved from his or her sin. That don't mean they'll never sin, but it does mean that that part of you that's born of God will never sin. If you get born from above and Jesus lives inside of you by the person of the Holy Spirit of God, that part of you will never sin. That's regeneration. It's as pure as God himself. I'm going to make a statement, and I'm not blaspheming God. I want you to get it. If you are really born of the Spirit of God, you've got as much right to heaven as Jesus does, or you don't have no right at all. Is that overstepping the Bible? No. No. It's not overstated in the Bible. That's the way it is. That's why you need to get born again. Because if you don't get born again, you're not in the family of God. And if you're not born again, you're not going to heaven until you get born again. And if you're not born again, you're going to go to hell if you die before the rapture. And if you go to hell at the white throne judgment, you're going to stand there. Do you think it's going to be a... Day without any tears when we stand there and we fail to pray and we fail to run our homes right and we fail to do right and we fail to obey the Bible and we fail to weep and pray to bring our children and our grandchildren to God, I believe we'll weep and weep and weep. Why don't we just weep now? I mean, he, you know, oh, we need to weep. Blessed is a man that weeps. Blessed is a woman that weeps. We need to be a weeping people. We need to weep for our families. We need to weep for our nation. We need to weep for our children. We need to weep for our partner. Women need to weep. Men need to weep. Weeping is not a sign of weakness. If we won't weep, if we won't weep before God, it's a sign of pride. He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again. There's not a doubt about it. Weeping, bearing precious seed. What's the precious seed? Is the word of God. Shall doubtless, without a doubt, shall come again rejoicing, bringing his seeds with him. God's not out of business. The devil's just told us God's out of business. I'll tell you what. The Bible said the devil's a liar. He's not only a liar, he's a murderer. That's why America's murdering all these babies. They're listening to the devil. We have so sinned and innocent blood's on our hands. And we need to repent for this nation. Daniel did when he was down there, and he is a little better off, I think, maybe than I am, than most of you, right? He wept, and he said, and he repented for his nation. We need to repent for the condition we're in. Don't feel like you're holier than thou. That just fits in here somehow. You understand what I'm saying? Husband is to sanctify his wife, and his family, Uh, the word of God. Watch verse 28. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. That's not a suggestion. That's what God said. Man ought to love his wife like he loves his own body. Now, you can not be honest if you want to, but we think pretty well of our body, don't we, men? You ought to in the right way. He ought to love his wife like his own body. So all men to love his wife like his own body. And he that loveth his wife loveth himself. I don't care anything about myself, preacher. I don't believe that. God don't either. I'm telling you, we just need to line up with the scriptures, don't we? I would that the church, I I suggest this for you the for this church and I suggest it for your church and I suggest it to you we need to go back home after this meeting and a lot of times that's what meetings about and we need to sit down and we need to look in our Bible and we need to ask God what can I do to go forward and how? what can we do in our church to go forward to have a real true revival and you begin to do that and you set some time aside and you begin to pray and you begin to wait on God and you begin to get to the point that you know you want God, and you want His will, and you want revival more than you want to eat. Oh, my. When I was a young preacher, I was in my 20s. I believe I was 27. I met a man by the name of Joe Parsons. Joe Parsons was in the underworld when God saved Brother Joe. He is a big man, probably six-six wore six, about a 14 shoe. And after he got out, after he got saved, to get out of the underworld and he told me, he said, when I go anywhere to eat, I never set by the window because they may open the door and the wind may blow my hair. You get the message? But he walked with God. He was one of the most praying men I ever met. And I was, I like, I, I, I just soon to hear him talk and sometimes I'd rather hear him talk because he has so much wisdom as to preach. And I'd take him, he'd come to Dalton because he, I pastored there in Dalton, Georgia at that time. And, He'd he'd come by there, and I'd invite him down to the U.S. Cafe, and we'd eat breakfast together. And I was hungry for the Word, and I was studying the Word, and I was praying, and I was going in the Lord. This particular morning at the U.S. Cafe, Brother Joe sat down, we ordered breakfast, and he planned it out this way, I think, and about the time they brought the breakfast, and they set it down in front of us. He didn't jump on to me. You know, he was so wise, he could cut you in two and just ask you a question. He said, uh, boy, call me a boy. I was a boy preacher to him. He said, boy, I was at the throne of grace this morning, 4 o'clock, 4 o'clock. I was at the throne of grace. And he said, I didn't see you there. He just started cutting his eggs and his biscuits and... I'm sitting there, and my appetite's gone. I didn't say nothing back to Brother Joe, but I thought, I'm going to tell you one thing, Brother Joe. I wasn't there this morning, but if you're there in the morning, I'll be there. God taught me a lesson, and he had work for me to do in ministry, and it demanded that I rise early. You can't face this world in the flesh, you need God to help you face what's out there, that you're going to meet on the job, and the world's after you, and you may be a Christian, but the only thing that's going to keep you safe is that no Christ is a Savior. That makes you a Christian to be born again. Obey the Word of God. Be filled with the Spirit of God, and walk with the Lord. Let the Lord walk in you. Well, that seemed like a pretty large dish. Not if you follow Jesus, and it's a sweet dish. Can we have revival? Yes. People tell you you can't have revival. They are telling you they are not willing to pay the price. That brother sing the song, Second uh, Chronicles seven fourteen. You know some of the experts now. Them experts tell you that that was not written for us. Doctor John McCormick said, "An expert. Do you know what an expert is? According to him, he says to drip under pressure. Drip under pressure. That's about what a lot of things that people say about the Bible. That's about what it means." to it. We don't gonna be much longer, don't think. All right, watch it. All right, we're down to verse 29. For no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even the Lord, the church. The Lord nourishes us. The Lord encourages us. The Lord strengthens us. The Lord fills us with His power. Fills us with His love. Fills us with His joy. Fills us with His peace. Even we ought to encourage one another, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. That's pretty good. I'm a member of Christ's body. If you say you're a member of Christ's body. If you're saved, you're a bone of his bone. Now, how could you ever lose that? If you are truly born again, you're secure forever. I praise God for that. I'm secure in Him. Watch this. Verse 32 and 33, and we're going to wrap it up. This is a great mystery. And it is a mystery when you think about it, isn't it? It's a great mystery. It was once concealed In the Old Testament, we didn't know this was coming, but now since Jesus has come and he rose again and we got the 66th book, that that was concealed is now revealed. It's a great mystery concerning Christ and his church. And it's a great mystery that God raised up the family and made the man the head of the family. That don't mean that he's smarter than the woman. That don't mean that he's more intelligent than the woman. It don't mean that she's a second-rate believer or person. She is to fill her role in Christ. And if she does that, she'll be rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ just as much as the man does that fills here is role in Christ. And men, if we're not doing it, we need to do it. And ladies, if you're not doing it, you need to do it. I believe we could see revival in America if we get a hold of these truths. Nevertheless, the Bible said in verse 33, Let every one of you in particular, I looked up that word, particular, I'm going to come back to it. I want to read that whole verse, and then I will come back to it. Nevertheless, let every one of you, in in particular, to love his wife, even as himself. That's some good orders, girls. Men, that's some good orders. A man is to love his wife, even as himself, in particular. And the wife see that she reverts her husband. Sue used to say to me, can we do that, you think, financially? Then you know if we could possibly do it, I'd say, why, sure, we can do it. You know why? Because I loved her. Now, that didn't mean that she didn't have a checkbook, but we had some agreements about a checkbook. I and mean, you better have, because it don't only wreck your home. One thing that destroys more homes, many homes this anything, is money business. You better be careful with your money. You're not, you know, you don't love money, but you manage it because you're a good steward of it.
1: Let's go back to this word. Nevertheless,
0: let every one of you in particular, and what it really means in essence is this, don't let you and your wife Ladies, you and your husband be cut apart. not let yourself be cut apart. You are one in Christ. If you do something against your wife, me, men, you may think you're doing something to spite her. You know who you're hurting the most? You're hurting yourself. You know what, ladies? If you do something against your husband, but you shouldn't do against your husband, You may be trying to get even with the old boy. I'm going to tell you, you know what you're doing? You're hurting yourself. Yes, sir. That's the way it works. Oh, that the Lord would get our our homes in line. We'd walk with God. We'd love one another. You won't have a perfect home. There's no such thing as a perfect home. But we'll have one when we get home. But we can have a home that will be a witness for Christ, that will turn family and friends and neighbors to God. I admonish you in the Lord. Do all you can to do that. I beg you, please. You know, Paul would use that word, I beseech you, brethren. Well, literally that means I beg you, please. And I beg you, please. To go on, this pastor's got good leadership about what he wants for the church. About prayer, walking with God. It don't mean that we're this meeting's going to close tonight. And, you know, we just go on and forget we had it. That's what's happening. A lot of times we go and we talk about how'd the meeting go. We had a good meeting. But really, a lot of times we could say there wasn't much happening. But I don't believe that's been so here. And I believe any time we have a good opportunity to meet with God, we ought to meet. We're standing. Pastor, I think that it's in order for you to come.